America's $100 billion climate change garbage. Mm. Coming up. Ford has a new trick up their sleeve if you don't make your car payments. <laughs> You're going to love this one. I don't say I didn't warn you. Kim Kardashian and her Malaysian connection. And speaking of Malaysia, Michelle Yeoh's hot dog hands. You'll uh, notice back, where is it? Right, there you go. We got our googly eye for our good luck wish to Michelle Yeoh for her Academy Award nomination as Best Actress. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Hello there. Happy Monday. Monday's over for us here in Malaysia. Our day is done. Uh, for those of you in the U.S. of Air, U.S. of Air, <laughs> that may be more appropriate than you know. The U.S. of A, uh, your Monday's just beginning, and let me tell you, it's going to suck, okay? Sorry, I wish I had better news for you, but I don't. It's going to suck. Ah, all right, we got so much going on tonight. Before we even start with the Miko update, I want to share with you Cat Turd's tweet. Yes, if you're not on Twitter, you won't know Cat Turd. If you are on Twitter, you should know Cat Turd because he is the coolest cat on the planet. He posts great stuff. I'm a big follower. And remember we've been talking about this boomer thing? He posted this. I chuckle inside when someone calls me a boomer. You know why? Because I know my pre-internet, pre-cell phone, real music, real instruments, nature-loving, kick-the-cans, skateboarding, bicycle tag, cruising the strip, bonfires, bell-bottoms, muscle cars, Saturday morning cartoons, roller rinks, cookouts, and jamming Boston, Boston on my 8-track tape in my jacked-up Nova with mags. I had one. I actually did was 100% a million times better than your brain-dead, sterile, boring, AF, whiny, iPhone childhood. <laughs> yes. Ah, man. Thank you, Cat Turd. You pretty much just summed it up. <laughs> All right, Miko update time. Let's get you refreshed on our favorite little lady. This is Miko, our three-year-old little Shiba Inu baby. And we took her out yesterday to Dessa Park City, which is a fantastic dog park. There were more people there with their dogs than I think I've ever seen. It was jammed. And right when we're about to have some fun, this happens. Take a look. This is video from yesterday. And yeah, it poured rain. Everybody ran off the field and ran in. So there's Miko <laughs> kind of looking around going, why can't I go play? She loves the rain. And here are like hundreds of other people all under shelter here with their dogs uh, trying to figure out what's going on and just basically waiting for the rain to stop. So, uh, yeah, that was our adventure yesterday with Miko. We had, it was a mess. It, it really was a mess. And by the way, earlier today, this was her. She saw a scrat, which is what I call, because they look just like scrats from Ice Age. They're little shrews that run around, like Malaysian version of squirrels. She loves hunting them. She never caught one. She's caught a couple of rats, but she's never caught a scrap before. But she's dying to get one. 
She saw one run across the yard. She chased it. And then she saw where it went, which is behind that bush over there. She didn't move from this position for like 30 minutes. She sat right there and would not move, (laughs) waiting for that scrat to reappear, which, of course, it never did. It never does. But... She had a good time chasing it anyway. Hey, BarkBox.com slash Miko. They are the sponsors of the Miko update. If you are looking for some fantastic treats and toys for your fur friend, you couldn't do better than going to BarkBox.com slash Miko. That's our special link. It's in our show notes. And uh, you will get every month a themed box. There she is. A themed box of toys, treats, and a dog chew delivered right to your door. It's a fantastic collection of all kinds of custom-made toys and treats just for your dog. Every month is a new theme. You get two toys, two bags of treats, and a dog chew. All natural, all good for you. The toys are amazing. You can specify the size. Depends upon what size your dog is, small, medium, or large. And for the treats and and dog chew, if your dog has any allergies, there's a checkbox you check off and they'll make sure you don't get that. But you get it every month. And if you use our special link, you sign up with BarkBox.com slash Miko, you will get an extra month free when you sign up for a uh, multi-month subscription. So be sure and check that out. Uh, BarkBox.com. And by the way, There's another special link in our show notes. If you're not interested in the extra month free, look at the second link under Miko Recommends BarkBox down there in our show notes. You can get a double stuffed upgrade on your first BarkBox order, plus get their exclusive SpongeBob SquarePants uh, Pants box, which starts on now, 1st of March. It started. So check that out. Both of those links are in our show notes for BarkBox.com slash Miko. And uh, thank you, BarkBox.com, for sponsoring our Miko update here. All right. Well, we got up so... Oh, man. We have a loaded show for you. We got so much stuff to cover. It's going to be crazy. So sit down, grab another cup of coffee or a beer or whatever it is your preferred beverage is and and off you go. Okay. Oh, by the way, I did include the link in our show notes to that um, that tweet from a cat turd. So if, if you want to, I don't know, copy and steal it, <laughs> share it, you can uh, you can post it on your own page. Or at the very least, be sure and follow cat turd and give him credit and retweet his tweet because it's fantastic. All right. This is from the Washington Examiner and... <sighs> Not like anybody should be surprised, but it's America's $100 billion climate change flop. For at least 20 years, politicians in Washington, at the behest of green energy groups, have spent some $100 billion, that's billion with a B, of your money, taxpayers' money, to fight climate change and reduced greenhouse gases, gas emissions, except for the Nord Stream pipeline. So how's it going so far? Well, it ain't. A recent AP story based on the latest data on global carbon emissions provides a pretty accurate report card. Carbon dioxide emissions reached (laughs) a record high in 2022. 
The article says uh, communities around the world emitted more carbon dioxide in 2022 than in any other year on record, dating back to 1900. Results of air travel rebounding from the pandemic, more cities, uh, more, okay. um, more cities turning to coal as a low-cost source of power. Emissions of the climate warming gas that were caused by energy production grew 0.9% to reach 36.8 gigatons in 2022. The International Energy Agency reported on Thursday, just last Thursday, uh, the mass of one gigaton, that's equivalent to about 10,000 fully loaded aircraft carriers. Hmm. You got to almost shriek out loud when you read this line. The IEA report was described as disconcerting by climate scientists. Disconcerting, putting it lightly. Uh, We are the furthest thing from being climate change alarmists, but when you spend $100 billion of taxpayer money and achieve mm, absolutely nothing, Biden and his green allies should be arrested for criminal fraud. Well said. And where did all that money go, $100 billion? Tens of billions of dollars have lined the pockets of left-wing environmental and social justice groups that have been emitting a lot of hot air, but so far, no results. Zero. Green energy companies have milked taxpayers of tens of billions more, even as wind and solar currently produces how much percent of our energy? About 7%. Virtually nothing. If you doubt all the doomsday predictions of global warming, well, if they are accurate, we're goners. Fortunately, they're not. Nothing the left is doing on climate change is making even the tiniest little bit of difference. You can get rid of your plastic straws. You can, you know, whatever, use paper bags. It ain't working. It's not helping. You are wasting your time, and my money. The most obvious flaw in the green strategy is that few, if any, of the big polluters are cooperating, despite assurances from that rotting bag of oatmeal in the White House, Biden. His, uh, John Kerry, speaking of oatmeal, for the umpteenth time, the United States is not the problem. China is the problem. Its pollution levels, get this, its pollution levels, China, are three times higher than ours in the U.S. And India will very soon move into second place and surpass the United States. So everything you're doing, everything the Biden administration is doing, $100 billion worth of effort to accomplish nothing. Nothing. But you just keep on living the dream. Because at this point, that's pretty much what it is. There's more details in this article. You want to go check it out and read it yourself. It's in our show notes. But here's another one, a follow-up 
related. It's from the uh, Daily Mail in the UK. Mm, Yeah, not the best news source on Earth. But nevertheless, world top scientists, climate scientists, have been told to cover up the fact the Earth's temperature hasn't risen for the last 15 years. A leaked UN report reveals the world temperature has not risen for the last 15, you know, whatever you saw, whatever you see, whatever facts and figures and maps and graphics they screw with, it ain't true. The Earth's temperature has not risen in over a decade and a half. Politicians have raised concerns about the final draft. Fears that the findings will encourage deniers of man-made climate change. Uh, yeah, you think? Scientists working on the most authoritative study on climate change were urged to cover up the fact the world's temperature hasn't risen. A leaked copy of the report from the UN, compiled by hundreds of scientists, shows politicians in Belgium, Germany, Hungary, and the United States raised concerns about the final draft. And maybe a wink and a nod, hey, uh, you might not want to publish that. Yeah, they've actually been encouraging them to cover it up and not publicize it. Yeah, why? Why is because it flies in the face of what they're trying to get you to believe and trying to get you to buy into. The whole climate change garbage. Said it before. What you have to do when you see these charts that show you how the temperatures changed, how hurricanes have gotten more severe, more often, all the, you know, whatever crap thing with the weather and the climate and the temperature they try and sell you, take that chart and then zoom out to 64,000 feet. Instead of looking at the last 10 years or the last 100 years or even the last 1,000 years, take a look at the last several million years and find out exactly how bad your climate change is what you'll find out is it isn't now shut up and go sit down ford motor company new topic we're going to cover this in just a second they're screwing with you you love this digital crap don't you you love it i know you do well they're coming for you Ford Motor Company's first on the list. Not kidding. This is scary, scary stuff, folks. We're going to talk about it coming up in just a bit. Right now, though, I want to say hello to one of our fantastic sponsors, and that is Brickhouse Nutrition. They brought to you, they bring you the uh, Jay Sheldon Show in part and uh, fruits and vegetables. We talked about it before. We're going to talk about it briefly again. They are the key to healthy living. By the way, I did manage to eat all my fruits. Fruits and vegetables, the anchor of any healthy diet. You know that. People don't have to, you don't have to be told. The problem is they're hard to cook. You got to prepare them. You got to go shopping. You got to find a way to store them so they don't go off. And a lot of times after you bought them, you go back in a few days and they've completely rotted. They've gone off completely. Well, there is a way for you to get all the fruits and veggies you need without going through all the hassle and that is Field of Greens. Field of Greens is a science-backed formula of specific, healthy, 
wholesome fruits and vegetables, and they are ground into an amazing tasting powder. And you just mix it in with your favorite drink, green tea, orange juice, whatever. And they are real USDA organic fruits and vegetables. You look at the package, it's not supplement facts. It says nutrition facts because these are real fruits and vegetables, not extracts. Comes in a bunch of great tasty flavors, lemon, lime. Uh, it's a, just check out the website. Use our link. It's in our show notes. And you will love it. And most importantly, it's good for you. You know you need your fruits and veggies. You know it's a pain in the ass to buy them and prep them and cook them and save them. Here's a way to get out of doing all that. Feel the greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. Use our special link in the show notes that will get you an amazing offer now from Brickhouse Nutrition and the good folks at the Jay Sheldon Show. <laughs> that link is in our uh, is in our show notes, right at, right towards the top, and you you'll see it there. All right, thank you, Brickhouse Nutrition. Appreciate you sponsoring the show. Here we go, digital, digital, love it, love it. New Ford patent. Yeah, they have a new patent out. You don't make your car payments on your new Ford? Click, click. With the tap of a mouse, you're locked out of your car. Not kidding. New Ford patent would lock out owners for missed payments, allowing the cars to be repossessed remotely. (laughs) Ford filed for a patent on new technology that would allow the automaker to lock out owners For missed payments, the payment would also allow cars to be repossessed remotely, even enabling self-driving vehicles (laughs) to drive themselves to the repo lot. You don't need repo men anymore. You just tap it in, car starts up, heads back by itself to the repo lot. Uh, The patent regarding systems and methods to repossess a vehicle. Uh, (laughs) This was back in 2021, they applied. The application, formally published February 23rd, just last month, a couple weeks ago. 14-page patent said the system would connect a computer with the bank or lender, as well as the computer on the vehicle or the car owner's smartphone. They could disable features like aircon, cruise control, the radio if auto owners are delinquent with payments. The stereo could be designed to emit an incessant and unpleasant sound every time the owner is present in the vehicle. Now, that's actually kind of funny, but that's according to the patent. Further missed payments would allow Ford to lock you out of your car and eventually could restrict the vehicle to only drive to certain locations like buying groceries, dropping kids off at school, a hospital for a medical emergency, or a commute to work. So, you want your digital isn't life so much easier with all of this fantastic digital stuff in my life? Yeah. You're going to get it. Good and hard. (laughs) All right. In our last show, I think it was our last show, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure. We talked about how a couple of colleges, in fact, an Ivy College, Columbia, has been reducing their admission standards and requirements. And it just keeps going. 
check out this article from the New York Police Department. The NYPD, this is from Blaze Media, links in our show notes. They have, here we go again. It's like I said before, if you were going to have brain surgery, would you like to have the most qualified, best educated brain surgeon operating on you? Or somebody who got to be a brain surgeon just because they were a diversity hire. Hmm? Yeah. Well, the New York Police Department is relaxing their fitness requirements for new recruits. Again! It's not the first time it's happened. They have dropped the one and a half mile timed run. This is on a New York Police Department head of training revealed The department has again relaxed its fitness requirements for recruits and done away no more one-and-a-half-timed run. Training Chief Juanita Holmes told the New York Post, scrapping the timed run will help qualify more female applicants. (sighs) Holmes claimed the timed run is unnecessary to be a police officer. Oh, yeah, because being a cop, especially a beat cop... I wouldn't think you'd ever really have to run, would you? Like, you know, maybe after a suspect? It only holds women back from qualifying for the job. No cop on patrol runs a mile and a half, you want to bet. No one's chasing anyone a mile and a half. Not to mention every day in the gym, you're doing a mile and a half as part of training. She supports lowering the fitness standards. The commissioner... Keychant Sewell did not, igniting a battle within the agency. He was in favor of the run, disagreed with the decision to remove it, which was approved by the state. When I did the uh, entrance exam and tests for the Monroe County Sheriff's Department, which I passed and, and went on to be gainfully employed for a long time, um, there was a physical exam. It was tough. I don't, you know, I don't recall if it included a run. I think it might have. But we had to haul this dummy across a platform. We had to go through an obstacle course. We had to get a fake weapon out of the glove box, put it in the trunk. Uh, all, all kinds of weird stuff. But anyway, somehow this fat old man back in the day managed to pass that. But uh, <laughs> anyway... It separates the men from the boys. Sadly, it's apparently not going to separate the women anymore. I mean, there are some amazingly fantastic female police officers out there. They are as physically fit and do every bit as amazing of a job as the men do. But if you can't do the physical end of the job, don't apply for the job. And don't approve people who can't meet the standards. Have some standards, huh? But apparently the NYPD is just dropping standards for the sake of diversity. Yay! (sighs) Speaking of people doing things they shouldn't prioritize, you're going to love this one. This is from the Daily Wire. Army Secretary, okay? This is the Secretary of the Army. The guys and women who are charged with defending the country. 
she dragged for prioritizing resiliency in the face of climate change. No, I'm not kidding. There's the idiot now. Christine Warmoth took some heat via Twitter when she boasted Thursday the Army was prioritizing a plan to combat climate change. Once again, the woke military. These people are supposed to be defending you, and what they're concentrating on is climate change. She revealed Fort Bragg, North Carolina, was home to the largest, largest floating solar array. The panels that float on the surface of water tethered to the bottom. In the southeastern U.S., she argued, it was proof of the military's leadership when it came to climate change. A priority for me, this is the Army Secretary, her priority and a priority of what she says the U.S. Army is resiliency in the face of climate change. At Fort Bragg, we have the largest largest floating solar array in the southeast U.S., one of many examples of how our Army leads from the front in a climate innovation and adaptation. Well, as I said, critics quick to respond, a number arguing the military should not be prioritizing climate action over combat readiness and prepping new recruits for potential future battles. Sean Parnell, this is completely and totally asinine, bordering on dangerous. Exactly. Not much more to say about it. And if you can't see why this is dangerous, I can't help you. Exactly. Sums it up in a couple of lines. Our army more concerned about climate change than training our men and women for combat. Yep, that makes all the sense in the world, doesn't it? Unbelievable. All right, got another one for you, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna go to China next. We're gonna pick on China. That'll be coming up in just a minute. But right now, I want to tell you about the good folks at Skillshare, the online learning community. Skillshare. It's helped millions discover their passion to take the next step in their creative journey. They have tons of classes on things like productivity, fine art, marketing, graphic design, computer sciences, ranging in difficulty from any beginners to full-blown masters. No matter how much your skill level might be, you can learn. Most of the classes are offered in under 60 minutes, and every class is 100% ads-free. Trust me, I know how much you guys hate ads, which is why this one's going to be very short. But, you know, you don't hate this one, right? They're always adding new premium classes, never a dull moment. Skillshare's entire catalog also now has subtitles in Spanish, French, Portuguese, and Dutch. You click on the link in our description and go over there and check them out. Skillshare, you sign up today, you will get a free trial with our special link. It's like a 30-day trial, too, which is great. A free 30-day trial. Uh... It's in the show notes today. Skillshare, which is where you can learn a new skill. And uh, no matter what it is you're interested in, from how to make a peanut butter sandwich to uh, 
graphic design. It's all there at Skillshare. Check it out. See that? There you go. Very cool. Thank you, Skillshare, for sponsoring uh, part of the Jay Sheldon show here. And they really do. Check it out. The link. Even look, like I always say, even if you don't sign up, click on the link and check out the site. Find it. You'd, you'd be surprised. I guarantee you're going to find something over there at Skillshare that you're interested in. The link is in our show notes. And if you want our special deal, you can get it there. All right. China, 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 as they say. Ah, this one has a strange connection to Malaysia, which is where I am. And Kim Kardashian. Look, I am very proud to say I have never seen whatever that show Kim Kardashian is in. Never watched it, never will, not interested, couldn't possibly care less. But there is a connection to Malaysia. Here's an article from the Daily Wire just popped a couple of days ago. FBI files reveal Kim Kardashian accepted hundreds of thousands in cash from a man originally from Malaysia who is now a fugitive in China. The man at the center of the 1MDB scandal. Oh, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio, Kim Kardashian. FBI and law enforcement grilled these folks. Yeah, seriously. Kim and Leo. Over their connections to a man at the center of the massive foreign fraud scandal, now in hiding in communist China. Scandal is the multi-billion dollar graft scandal at state-funded One Malaysia Development Berhad, 1MDB. Yes, that's right here in my Malaysia. Uh, that resulted in former Malaysian Prime Minister Najib Razak being sent to prison, where he sits currently for more than a decade. Malaysian financier J-Lo helped start the fund in 2009, allegedly to promote economic development. The rest of this story is so convoluted and complicated, basically they just ripped everybody off of billions and billions of dollars. J-Lo is being hidden by China in China, and everyone's looking for him, from the FBI to obviously Malaysia, who wants our money back. But uh, yeah, they interviewed DiCaprio in 2018, Kardashian in 2019 over their ties to J-Lo, who sought to boost his credibility and image by associating with and giving huge financial gifts to some of the world's biggest stars. And of course, The Wolf of Wall Street was financed with dark money, shall we say. Anyway, this article is in our show notes if you want to follow up on it, find out more about it. And a very strange connection to us here in Malaysia. See? And you thought you didn't know where Malaysia was. Hey, when I first heard of Malaysia, I thought the same thing. All right. A couple more for you. We'll get to our book tonight. Uh, the Japanese are pushing back. Not just the Japanese. Japanese doctors. Good on you. We love this. Yay. This is from uh, where? Reclaim the Net. Links in our show notes. Japanese doctors are pushing back against medical digital ID. And good on you. Doctors and other individuals in Japan have filed a lawsuit against the government to challenge a law that would require people 
to use the National Digital ID My Number instead of health insurance cards to access medical care. 274 individuals are included as plaintiffs in the lawsuit filed by the Tokyo Medical Practitioners Association. The lawsuit argues the government should amend the Health Insurance Act before replacing health insurance cards with what's called My Number. Instead of amending the act, the government amended a ministerial ordinance, which is in violation of Article 41 of the Japanese Constitution, that says only the national legislature can make that kind of an amendment. Wow. They also argue the new digital ID will be expensive to deploy, costing about 700,000 yen, about over $5,000 per clinic. If elderly doctors who know their community well close their doors, local medical care will deteriorate. What the government is doing is destroying medical care. And so they're taking it to court. They're suing. Hopefully they will have some success. If you want to read that article, there's more details. You can check it out in our show notes tonight. All right, a couple more to go before we get to our book, White Fang, and they're kind of funny ones. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I found it absolutely fascinating, and I included the link because I want you to go there and read it. In the film business, which I've been in for many, many years, in radio, television, and now film, um, there are so many people behind the scenes who put together what you see on the screen, and... Some of them you may or may not have ever heard about. Check out this. Jessica Steinrock. She is an intimacy coordinator. Not kidding. When the clothes come off on screen, the intimacy coordinator steps in. Jessica Steinrock's work on intimate scenes in film has come to prominence as the entertainment industry reels from the litany of sexual abuse allegations brought to light. And uh, this article describes what this woman does, what her job entails as an intimacy coordinator on film sets. I read it. It's fascinating. Things you wouldn't know, things you couldn't imagine they have to go through when they have uh, naked or not naked scenes, lovemaking scenes, things like that. The classes she has to teach. And take a look at this. This is some of the paraphernalia they use for um, <clears throat> hiding parts that we don't want to see on, t- on television or on the screen. <laughs> it's not one of those kind of articles. It's actually a very legit article about this extremely legit profession of an intimacy coordinator. It's an it's a, uh, a archive article from the, uh, from the New York Times. It's fascinating. You got to check it out. I ended with a bunch of these kind of wacky things because they're <laughs> they're great. They're very cool. In fact, right here in Malaysia, we got another one for you. <laughs> I love this one. There was a uh, there was a woman online who bought a Charles and Keith, I don't know, a bag or something from Charles and Keith. It's a clothing line of handbags. Anyway, she called it a luxury line. A luxury, you know, like, uh, I don't know what, uh, wow, there's absolutely not a single luxury line 
bag is coming in my head right now. You know, all the all the big Versace and you know, the big name designers. Louis Vuitton. There, now a couple are popping in. Don't get old, folks. Anyway, she called Carl's, Charles and Keith a luxury line, and people made fun of her. And they said, that's nice, it's garbage, it's crap, it's, it's, it's not junk, it's not garbage, it's not crap. It may not be a Louis Vuitton, but it's a really nice, decent handbag. And guess what? She is now their ambassador. There she is. Take a look. There's her TikTok. 17 years old, she was shamed for calling Charles and Keith bag a luxury. Well, she is now the community ambassador for the brand. And there she is. Good on her. Two months ago, Zoe Gabriel received negative comments from users after uploading a video on TikTok where she thanked her father for giving her her first luxury bag from the Singaporean fashion brand Charles and Keith. Look, folks, whether or not you can afford a Versace or a Louis Vuitton bag or your income level lets you afford a Charles and Keith bag, it is a luxury item to you. And stop being so damn petty. You, oh, people like that make me nuts. Anyway, uh, Charles and Keith, since she got all this garbage thrown at her, offered to have lunch with Zoe and her founder as well as she gave them a tour of the Charles and Keith headquarters. Fast forward two months later, as Women's Day is approaching, they uploaded a series of photos for their International Women's Day 2023 campaign, and Zoe was announced as the brand community ambassador, and she is donning a Charles and Keith purple Alia bag in the picture. The launch of this special iteration of the Alia bag is in support of UN's Women's Storytelling for Gender Equality Program, and there she is. Congratulations. And to all those naysayers out there who made fun of this wonderful woman, you can shut up and go sit down. You're an idiot. You don't deserve the time of day. Unbelievable. All right, we got one more? Yes, we do. <laughs> we got two more, but one is very quick. You're going to love this one. Look, uh, you know, over here, you got, let me go around. Ah, there you go. There's my googly eye, which is from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, the great film, which you must see. Our own, Malaysia's own Michelle Yeoh has been nominated Best Actress. We're praying and sending her the best of luck. And uh, (laughs) I saw this pop up and I thought, wait a minute, why didn't they wait? If you've seen the film, you'll know how funny this is. Michelle Yeoh's hot dog hands in everything, everywhere, all at once have sold at auction for 246,000 ringgit. There she is with her hot dog hands. Independent film studio A24 raised more than half a million dollars in an online charity auction Wednesday featuring dozens of props, costumes, memorabilia from the film Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. A stuffed raccoon named Raccoony generated the highest bid, 90,000 USDs. Wow! A gender-bending film follows a Chinese-American immigrant, laundromat owner, played by Michelle Yeoh, Evelyn, 
It is an amazing film. It's got 11 nominations for Oscars this year, including Best Picture. And they sold these items to benefit charity. And those hot dog fingers sold for 240,000 ringgit. Wow. Here's my question. The Oscars are just a few days away on like the 13th, I think, of this month. Just a few days away, a week away. If she wins or the film wins Best Picture, imagine what these things would be worth, how much more they would be worth. Why did you have this auction now? Why not wait? That doesn't make any sense. These things would have tripled or quadrupled in price if this film does well at the Oscars. So I, the timing is weird to me. I, I can't imagine why they would have put those things out there when it's just a couple of weeks before the Oscars. Wait, dude. Don't stick it out there now. It's more valuable later. <laughs> Seriously. Anyway, somebody's really happy with their hot dog hands, apparently. And they got quite a bargain for like a quarter of a million ringgit. All right, one last thing, and it's just a picture. If you're listening on our podcast, sorry. <laughs> but I wanted to share it because it's absolutely beautiful. There's no commentary. There's no nothing. It's just a picture. And look at this. Wow. That is a Tibetan white yak in all its glory. <laughs> How beautiful is that? I don't think I've ever seen one before. And, I mean, I've seen pictures of yaks before. I had no idea they were so big. that That's a full-grown adult man standing next to this yak. I mean, this thing is huge. And it's white. Absolutely awesome. Wow. Again, like I said... No commentary, nothing to share other than the picture. The link is in our show notes if you want to check it out. But man, that is absolutely incredible. All right, let's get on to our book. We started a brand new, or we're about to start a brand new chapter in a brand new section. And uh, that is uh, chapter six. It's called The Famine. And this from 1906, Jack London's White Fang. The spring of the year was at hand when Grey Beaver finished his long journey. It was April, and White Fang was a year old when he pulled into the home villages and was loosed from the harness by Mitza. Though a long way from his full growth, White Fang, next to Lip Lip, was the largest yearling in the village. Both from his father, the wolf, and from Kiche, he'd inherited stature, strength, and already he was measuring up alongside the full-grown dogs. But he'd not yet grown compact. His body was slender, rangy, his strength more stringy than massive. His coat was true wolf gray, and to all appearances he was a true wolf himself. The quarter strain of dog he'd inherited from Kiche had left no mark on him physically, though it played its part in his mental makeup. He wandered through the village, recognizing with staid satisfaction the various gods he'd known before the long journey. And then there were the dogs, 
puppies growing up like himself, the grown dogs that didn't look so large and formidable as the memory pictures he retained of them. Also, he stood less in fear of them than formerly, stalking among them with a certain careless ease that was as new to him as it was enjoyable. There was Basik, a grizzled old fellow that in his younger days had but to uncover his fangs to send White Fang cringing and crouching to the right about. From him, White Fang had learned much of his own insignificance, and from him he was now to learn much of the change and development that had taken place in himself. While Basik had been growing weaker with age, White Fang had been growing stronger with youth. It was at the cutting up of a moose, fresh killed, that White Fang learned of the changed relations in which he stood to the dog world. He'd got for himself a hoof, part of a shin bone, to which quite a bit of meat was attached. Withdrawn from the immediate scramble of the other dogs, in fact, out of sight, behind a thicket, he was devouring his prize. When Basik rushed in upon him, before he knew what he was doing, he'd slashed the intruder twice and sprung clear. Basik was surprised by the other's temerity and swiftness of attack. He stood, gazed stupidly across at White Fang, the raw red shin bone between them. Basik was old. Already he'd come to know the increasing valor of the dogs that had been his wont to bully. Bitter experiences these, which... Perforce, he swallowed, calling upon all his wisdom to cope, cope with them. But in the old days, he would have sprung upon White Fang in a flurry of righteous wrath. But now, his waning powers wouldn't permit such a course. He bristled fiercely, looked ominously across the shin bone at White Fang. And White Fang, resurrecting quite a deal of old awe, seemed to wilt, shrink in upon himself, grow small, as he cast about in his mind for a way to beat a retreat not too inglorious. And right here, Basik erred. Had he contented himself with looking fierce and ominous, all would have been well. White Fang, on the verge of retreat, would have retreated, leaving the meat to him. But Basik did not wait. He considered the victory already his, and stepped forward to the meat. And as he bent his head carelessly to smell it, White Fang bristled suddenly. Even then, it wasn't too late for Basik to retrieve the situation. Had he merely stood over the meat, head up, glowering. White Fang would ultimately have slunk away. But the fresh meat was strong in Basik's nostrils, and greed urged him to take a bite of it. This was too much for White Fang. Upon his months of mastery over his own teammates, it was beyond his self-control to stand idly by, while another devoured meat that belonged to him. He struck, after his custom, without warning. With the first slash, Basik's right ear was ripped into ribbons. 
He was astounded at the suddenness of it. But more things and more grievous ones were happening with equal suddenness. He was knocked off his feet, his throat bitten. While he was struggling to his feet, the young dog sank teeth twice into his shoulder. The swiftness of it was bewildering. He was made a futile rush at White Fang, clipping the empty air with an outraged snap. The next moment, his nose was laid open. He was staggering backward away from the meat. The situation was now reversed. White Fang stood over the shin bone, bristling, menacing, while Basik stood a little way off, preparing to retreat. He dared not risk a fight with this young lightning flash, and again he knew, and more bitterly, the enfeeblement of oncoming age. His attempt to maintain his dignity was heroic. Calmly, turning his back upon young dog and shinbone, as though both were beneath his notice, unworthy of his consideration, he stalked grandly away. Nor, until well out of sight, did he stop to lick his bleeding wounds. Wow. <laughs> we will continue on with this chapter of White Fang coming up in our next stream on Wednesday night. Nice. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us. I will see you again Wednesday night, 10 o'clock Malaysian time. Thanks. If I could ask for just a quick, brief favor, take a quick second and hit that follow button right there. Really means the world to us, and it's absolutely free for you. Helps out the show a lot. Just hit that follow button. It's right over here. Click, and you're done. Thank you so much. Uh, happy birthday, baby. I love you. And uh, I will see you all on Wednesday. This is the Jay Sheldon Show. Mm -hmm.